Hell yeah. Sorry? If we did an episode without recording it, that'd be swag. <laughs> it's going to happen as well. That's like the scariest part. <laughs> it's the new form of podcasting. It's just talking with your friends. Always hit record. Always hit record. <laughs> you are listening to... Shut the fuck up! Percent. No, fuck. <laughs> you are listening to... You shut the fuck up! God damn it. Uh, hey everyone, it's us, we're back, it's the, the shut the fuck up dad guys, I'm Henry, real name, no gimmicks, I have no other nicknames on this podcast, <laughs> don't believe what anyone tells you, uh, joined as usual by dad boy Nick, <laughs> hell yeah, and the kid Hambino, <laughs> thank you Dr. Feet, god damn it, don't fret audience, have no fear, because they were... <laughs> We're talking about Fear Fun, as you can probably tell from the episode title. Fear Fun is the first album under the name Father John Misty from singer-songwriter, multi-instrumentalist, producer, even one-time actor, I'm pretty sure, Josh Tillman, released by Sub Pop in most of the world and Bella Union in Europe on May 1st and April 30th, 2012, respectively. To uh, pretty good reviews and moderate success, selling just north of 80,000 copies in the U.S. alone. Now, for the uninitiated, um, a brief summation of Tillman and the the Father John Misty moniker, I suppose. Brand. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Funny to think of him as a brand. <laughs> He's a corporation, for sure. <laughs> Father John Misty Industries. <laughs> <Mr>. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Josh was born Joshua Michael Tillman in Rockville, Maryland, and he grew up in this uh, fundamentalist Christian household. Uh, of course, as he grew older, Christianity started to lose grip, and eventually he w- underwent his first reinvention when he dropped out of his Christian college at the age of 21, and he moved to Seattle, where he, in between odd jobs at bakeries and companies that made acoustic paneling, he started writing and performing and recording music more seriously. And I mean seriously in both the sense that he did it, you know, with earnest intent, but also in the, in the sense that the, the music itself is, uh, it's very, it's very serious. It's, uh, I mean, it's, uh, it's released under the name Jay Tillman, and it's pretty much all morose and dour and it's Bonnie Prince Billy worship, basically. Yeah. Right, yeah. <laughs> it's like shrouded in vaguely poetic mystery. It's it's sad bastard music, really. I'm surprised so many of them. That's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Churned those there's... fucking shits out, man. <laughs> like... Also, like, moving to, you know, I'm moving to Seattle and starting an indie band because it's never been done before. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Love it. True, yeah. <laughs> no wonder it never took off. <laughs> But yeah, between 2003 and 2010, he released or recorded at least, I don't know if all of them were released, but eight albums uh, on various indie labels like Keep Recordings, Fargo Records, uh, Your Bird Record, and Western Vinyl. And he made some, a little, a few inroads in the local scene, but uh, his biggest break didn't come until 2008 when he joined his friends and Seattle's very own indie folk darlings, Fleet Foxes, as their drummer. And his work is is featured 
on their 2011 album Helplessness Blues. Uh, and that got him out of desperation, but uh, Eddie, Eddie retired the Jay Tillman name in 2009. But despite the, the success of Fleet Foxes, Josh found himself rather bored and unhappy, and thus it was time for uh, another reinvention. And so during or after an allegedly acrimonious split from the band, uh, the, the timeline's a little, little fuzzy as was, uh, from what I can tell, his, his life at, at the time was mostly, you know, it was pretty, pretty cloudy. And his face, I suppose, you know, because he's got a beard. Yeah, true. Yeah, he, he, he hopped in a van and he, he found himself sitting naked in a tree in Big Sur, California on mushrooms where he realized that he should, in his own words, just be me, the real me, the sarcastic, overcompensating asshole. Uh, that's the bigger than life character. Being a tortured artist is meaningless. We could all learn something from that, I think. Man, drugs hit so different when you've grown <laughs> up in a Christian household, yeah, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> and thus, uh, Father John Misty was born. And uh, Tillman moved to LA. L- LA? Why did I say it like that? LA. L- Why am I saying like Carmen? Moved to LA. <laughs> where he stopped making sad bastard music and started making it as a, sort of a swaggering, psychedelic, hipster looking smartass. Yeah, microdose Starbucks manager music. <laughs> yeah. Slightly less sad bastard music. <laughs> yeah, true. There's a tinge of the sad bastard in there. And this new approach bore fruit and it spread around town and eventually caught the attention of Sub Pop, which brings us to this album. Yeah, I'm a, a fairly big Misty head. I don't know what, what do Father John Misty fans call themselves? The mystery team. Father John Misty. The, oh, the mystery, the Misty team. The sons of Father John Misty. <laughs> <laughs> that would be, uh, Misty head sounds more like yeah. kind of Pokemon fanfic. Sons yeah. of Father John. Is, yeah. And those guys are weird. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's all about the, the Sonic fanfiction in this podcast. <laughs> yeah. I had heard of Father John Misty for uh, a few years. And I, I suppose I was initially put off by the silly sounding name to really feel compelled to, to check out his music until it was late 2015. And he showed up as himself in an episode of the Netflix show Master of None. Oh, yeah. Performing the, the song Chateau Lobby Number no. 4 off the second Father John Misty album, I Love You, Honey Bear. And, and something about the, the song and his, this image of this lanky bearded dude performing with a mariachi band struck a, struck a chord in me. And uh, yeah, in, in 2015, I was still oddly clinging to the, the old ways, you know, the ways I, I've been doing things for the, the past 12 years at that point, which means I had all my all my music in like a good old fashioned iTunes library. As we all do. Oh, I, like, I thought I'd never get rid of those. Yeah, same. But yeah, so I, I ordered the I Love You Honey Bear CD, uh, went in mostly blind. And it was one of those instances where <clears throat> you discover an artist and their voice and you just feel like... You know, I, I feel seen and understood. I think this is made specifically for me and my personality. Uh, I get it and it gets me. So shortly thereafter, I went and checked out this album as well, which really just confirmed my suspicions and cemented my fandom. Yeah, I think I like about this album specifically is uh, it's, it's quite clearly Tillman experimenting with new sounds with like a variety of different sounds and styles. And he's, he's doing it pretty well for the most part. Um, you know, you've got your some 70s singer-songwriter sounding tracks, some stuff that's more psychedelic rock, 
other stuff that's clearly influenced by uh, by country and, and blue, blues music. Are you going to say influenced by the Blues Brothers? Which is- <laughs> <laughs> oh, I wish. That's the one thing missing from this. It covers a broad spectrum of uh, Americana. And yeah, I mean, for better or worse, I, I, I see and hear myself a lot in this in this music, like I mentioned, the, the caustic humor and the worldview, the the self-loathing, the need to intellectualize everything and appear to be like in the, in the top 10% of smartest people in any given room. Uh, although, you know, in, in Father John Missy's case, it's all turned up to 11. But yeah, I've seen a lot of people describe him as, as pretentious. I don't completely disagree. <laughs> although I think a lot of that as uh, people just not being on the same wavelength a lot of the time and not picking up on the, on the, the sarcastic humor, not being along for the bit, really. And but yeah, that said, I, I still understand when people find Tillman and Father John Misty specifically insufferable in many ways, because uh, all those things that I mentioned recognizing in myself uh, are by and large the most annoying things about me as well. So but yeah, it, the, they are and this is extremely my shit. But uh, that's that's enough out of me. What do you what do you guys think? Um. I, I, I really wish I didn't like uh, Father John Misty because then I could say things like more like Father John miss me with that bullshit. Um, <laughs> or I had some other ones as well. Father Yawn Misty. Uh, <laughs> Father John Mystery because it's a mystery why he's so successful. <laughs> True. Uh, he, he initially got on my radar as a former member of Fleet Foxes. Um, I was quite a big fan of Helplessness Blues and the Sun Giant EP the former especially i personally am of the belief that helplessness blues kind of broke modern and indie folk in the sense that i just feel like anything like most of the stuff that's come out after has kind of been underwhelming and formulaic in comparison and that includes the band's own work although um around the start of last decade i was not yet that deterred from the genre where I didn't think to check out Father John Misty. Um, yeah, you know, he was starting to get some press and, you know, I thought, okay, yeah, I, you know, there's still some gas in this uh, the indie folk machine. So let's see what's, what's going on. And yeah, you know, Father John, Father Jonathan, um, he's been, he's been compared to Mark Kozilek, but I think Father Jonathan has a far more cynical, uh, bitter sense of humor. <laughs> He's one of those artists where uh, I probably like him, the person, more than I like him, the artist. Uh, I would happily listen to like a regular podcast run by him because he, I, I do find him quite hilarious. In fact, you know, if you wanted to join Shut the Fuck Up Dad as a regular host, uh, that, that could be interesting. But yeah, you know, great sense of humor that which permeates the music too. He's kind of like Jean Lejoie for people who have PhDs in a way. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Having established all that, uh, what I am usually able to extract from uh, Papa Juan uh, Mystique as a as a musician and songwriter before he intermittently retreats up his own asshole, uh, I generally like. He clearly understands what makes music good or great. I I can't say that I'm one of the people rushing, stepping over others kicking babies and prams out of the way to hear his latest and newest release. In my personal opinion, I think he kind of peaked in interest for me with his second album and everything since has kind of been, yeah, I think I get the point and they feel more like victory laps than anything else. Um, so yeah, still decent, but yeah, I just, I probably just don't get as much out of them anymore. I also still believe that the song and video for uh, Williamsburg Will Oldham Horror by Jeffrey Lewis is better than anything Father John Misty has ever done, but that's Probably just me. 
Oh, I'm with you on that. Um, I thought I hadn't heard this album based on the name alone. And then I saw the album cover and remembered, oh, yeah, I have, in fact, heard this. Uh, my memory of those years, much like uh, Father Jonathan, is a bit hazy, admittedly. Uh, but I, I must have thought it was at least all right, because I do remember having some excitement for I Love You, Honey Bear in the lead up to its release. And if anything, I would say this album, uh, Fear Fun, it sounds even better than it had then, uh, probably more so now because I have a bit more of a frame of reference with the artist, uh, but we'll probably get into that later on in the episode. Yeah, it's just weird to be talking about an album that's actually good for the first time in a while. Um, and yeah, it's got kind of like a, an autumnal vibe to it. So, you know, it ties in nicely to uh, the current change of the seasons. So uh, well done, Henry. Good choice. Thanks. Yeah. I um I came to Father John Misty through Fleet Foxes as well. I like Fleet Foxes. I think they're a good band. I've never been a huge big fan of theirs. Like I, I dabble, like a few singles here and there. I think Helplessness Blues, like Nick, I think is a very 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 good album. But I don't play it often. But when I hear it, I think that's good. Father John Misty for me, I I I really do really like this album. I, I agree with Nick. It's got a very autumnal vibe, and I'm really, really happy to be listening to an album that I've um, I've just enjoyed putting it on, and it's not been a chore, and it's been nice to go back to. Uh, it, it, I mean, just just actually could listen to it and smile and not have to kind of grip my teeth as I'm doing something else. Uh, so I, you know, big praise for that. Father John himself, I think he's actually been on a steady decline since this album. I think the debut is um, his best by quite a bit personally um i think his second album's good but this one is great and then it goes steadily down that there's peaks and troughs and whinnies and things but uh i i don't think he's ever kind of got this good but again i haven't heard his latest latest one that came out this year i, I think just because um i don't know i felt i'd got my fill of him uh but that that's what i mean i've, I've really enjoyed going back and kind of listening to this because it kind of reminded me how when i first heard the album of like yeah, this is filling a void in music that I don't think was anyone else had really filled at that. Certainly not at that point, not in this way. There's a lot of kind of indie folk stuff that kind of plays around with this. But I think you said it, Henry, that there's there's a real kind of experimental aspect to this where it's pulling from loads of different genres. And it does all of it um, pretty well. I, I think almost all, if not all, of this album lands exactly where he wants it to. Um, some of it, there are a few tracks on this album that I think are, are exceptional, uh, really, really good tracks. Um, and it's interesting as well, I'll probably get into this, but I think it's quite an overlooked album. Um, I, I think it critically, his discography, people favour um, not this. And certainly I think that it kind of dabbles with the middle era of, uh, of Father John. And so it's nice to be kind of coming back to this album and giving it its due. And yeah, the the, uh, the guy himself, like, uh, I think I, I've been tainted by a few, uh, particularly in the UK, he's done a couple of pretty frosty interviews where he's come across as just a bit of a miserly character and takes himself incredibly seriously. But then I do also, you know, I have heard interviews and seen kind of live performances where he is obviously a bit tongue-in-cheek and playing a character. But um, yeah, maybe the guy needs to kind of, in my opinion, just chill out a little bit. I, I feel like that he's almost become the character that he was uh, pretending to be. 
but in this album it very much is tongue-in-cheek and it comes across like it's tongue-in-cheek and lyrically this album i think is 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 up there with with some of the best certainly that we've done on this podcast um other than stadium arcadium i think this is probably one of the lyrically one of the best albums we've discussed oh well that kind of comes up later for me yeah okay. <laughs> he doesn't mention california nearly enough no mm. But yeah, that's a- Malibu gets a shout out. This guy's never been to California. <laughs> Times in Babylon. That's what I'm counting on. Before the dam goes up at the foot of the sea Before the new wing of the prison ribbon ceremony In a lot of the earlier, you know, press and the interviews, the, the split from Fleet Foxes was kind of just papered over. It's just like a, he left and that was that. Oh, but I discovered that uh, in October of 2020, Robin Pecknold did, um, is that how you pronounce it? Pecknold? Pecknold? I think so, yeah. Pecknold? Yeah, he did a, a Reddit AMA, and he had this to say about it. Uh, Tillman quit, in quotations there, the band after recording drums for Helplessness, got into narcotics, and made his first Father John Misty album while I was milking, make, milking, <laughs> making Helplessness in Seattle. Then Sub Pop offered to put out his album, but only if he delayed it for a year or so and toured helplessness with us, which we all weakly agreed to going through with. But it quickly became obvious obvious he'd rather have just been doing that project instead, and I would have rather that as well. So that tour I had to endure being around a lot of substance abuse, sabotage shows, just general ill treatment, shit talking, all while paying him for songs he didn't have anything to do with. It sucked. It's quite interesting because, um, I mean, obviously Rob isn't going to admit this, but I get the vibe that maybe he feared or maybe he wasn't even aware of it, but it does seem that there was almost kind of a, a, a John and uh, John and Paul situation going on because I saw, because uh, I, I didn't do a lot of research into the album. I kind of just did a lot of stuff sort of around it. Um, I saw an interview that he did with Nardwar in 2009 as a member of Fleet Foxes, and it was Rob and Josh. And... You know, Josh is obviously the more charismatic guy. Uh, he's, he's, he's got a better sense of humor, but you don't really get as much of a sense of his personality, probably because he would upstage Rob and it's very obvious in this interview. And yeah, Rob just looks like a fucking yassified Jeffrey Lewis. So he's <laughs> he's not the most like interesting guy, but um, yeah, you really get the sense. It's like looking back, you're like, oh yeah, if, if I had to pick the more interesting guy, the guy you know who's probably better poised for success from these two you do kind of see it in josh mm. more so hmm. interesting so there's maybe a tinge of de- jealousy here so something something of that nature in play well i might have to go back and look into it because maybe nardwar he decided to sabotage fleet foxes he's yeah, yeah. I, I, I don't remember exactly his line of question but maybe he planted <laughs> some uh... <laughs> yeah. Josh Tillman, I, I hear you have a soup can cock. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <clears throat> but Rob's is bigger, obviously, because he's the singer of the band. 
I I, I liked his um the kind of quote I think it's on Wikipedia but I found it elsewhere as well about his um his approach for finding the the Father John Misty character was to get into his van with enough mushrooms that could choke a horse. Now, I am assuming he means psychedelic mushrooms rather than sort of portobello or just I'm going to just stand his uh, fungi approach. But the, the, it's the next sentence that I think this is where it's where my kind of Father John Misty kind of pretension thing lies a little bit, and because I assume he's not tongue in cheek when the next sentence is. Uh, after a few weeks, I was writing a novel, which you just can't get a funnier follow-up to that. He just seems like he's just trying to tick all the boxes for... The thing is, people do such weird shit, though, when they're on psychedelics. Like, I know yeah. a guy who took loads of acid and he wrote a letter to his future self to tell him to stop doing drugs. So this kind of seems like, you know, par for the course, although... You know, yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. And and he did literally write a novel. Like this, the physical album was sold with an accompanying, accompanying novel, which if you read, it's on it's on Blogspot for free. I mean, it's it's not... What's it about? Have you, have you, have you read it? You're a big fan. I imagine you might have done I, the whole I haven't, thing. I haven't read the whole thing, no. It's, I mean, it, it, it's very strange, but uh, the, the tone of it, you can tell almost immediately. It's not, like, super self-serious. That's good. Okay. I, I do think there is, like, a, a an aura of meta-irony around Father John. I think, like, you know, he's fully aware of this, like, per- persona he's cultivated. Mm-hmm. And the problem with meta irony is you can't really point your finger at someone and be like, ah, you're, yeah, you're doing a bit. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's the ultimate shield. Yeah, I am impervious to criticism. <laughs> <laughs> but I got to say, like the other stuff around his, obviously his break from what he's called Dungeons and Dragons music, which I thought was a very funny term for his first like seven hours. Dragon Force? <laughs> um, oh, that'd be so cool. It clearly did work, you know, that his kind of, load of mushrooms drive around the country approach so through the acid and the shrooms i'll write a novel (laughs) (laughs) when we could all use some sort of reinvention like that in our you know early 30s i think we're all due for for a reinvention of sorts hell yeah a while do you have any suggestions for how we might want to reinvent i'm going to become a dance hall mc yeah (laughs) i'm going to become a doctor i think the doctor (laughs) (laughs) feet podiatrist <laughs> Damn it! I'm I'm right back to square one. Fuck! How much more stuff on the uh, actual album did you have, Henry? Because I do have. I mean, the rest of the stuff I have isn't really related, so I don't want to derail any sort of momentum. I mean, not too much. I mean, much much of the the early early stuff, the drafts of what would become this album, I, I found were written and composed in the the shack of a house that Josh shared with um, a bunch of what he describes as wilderness men in their thirties which is a, it's a great rich image and they're just all rough garage band tracks but uh yeah apparently like to hear people, that including jonathan wilson noted producer yeah who who would go on to co-produce this album obviously was um yeah they, they seem to enjoy them which which tillman says was new to him but what else did you have nick around this album um well, I mean, this doesn't really count as research, I guess. I, I mean, maybe um, it is. It is a look into the mind of uh, the man himself. Um, so I don't know if you guys are aware of this. Um, his uh, his pitchfork over under um, is quite it's quite legendary, at least in my eyes. It's, it's as one of the funnier installments. Um, it's up there with the classics: uh, Vince Staples, Kevin Gates. Um, the Parquet Cores one was pretty funny. 
Uh, I decided to view it for the umpteenth time as research. His wife, Emma Tillman, is also there. Uh, mm. She's a very talented photographer, uh, has worked with Lana Del Rey, am- among many others. Uh, she will, no doubt, come up uh, later on. I imagine so. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> uh, some of the things he rates include egomania, flying first class, authenticity, marriage, and the Red Hot Chili Peppers. True. So uh, he, firstly, like regarding uh, authenticity, um, he claims that some people's ideas of authenticity are pork pie hats and vests and banjos. So that's uh, Josh one, Fleet Foxes zero. Damn. Um, I don't actually know if Fleet Foxes dress like that, but it, but they certainly have fans or they make music for people who do. Um, yeah, I find it really, it's really funny that the, the follow up to that is rating pork pie hats and he just yeah goes. he has yeah he's one of us he has no idea what a pork pie hat is right <laughs> which is why he'd make such a great host on the show actually i learned what a pork pie hat was through that. that video yeah because it's like if i recall correctly it's like it's heisenberg they use the yeah, illustration yeah for that. which is yeah. apparently not a fedora <laughs> yeah, yeah it's a, i guess it's a pork pie hat yeah. Yeah, fuck it. this is like like hats have more subgenres than heavy metal apparently but <laughs> Um, he does say, interestingly, that uh, uh, Red Hot Chili Peppers are underrated. So um, I'd, I'd be curious to see like a copy of an MRI or a CRT <laughs> scan, maybe a, just an x-ray around the head Is this area. the mushrooms kicking in? <laughs> and yeah, the only other thing I had was, um, so yeah, obviously we mentioned his wife, Emma Tillman. Uh, she's one of two people of note with that name, I found. Um, the other is... Uh, Emma, short for uh, Emmeline Tillman, who is a super centarian, which for uh, listeners of the podcast who don't know what that is, uh, that is a person who has lived uh, up to and perhaps past the age of 110. So, you know, I thought it'd be really funny if uh, Father John Misty was married to a person who was really old. Fuck yeah. Just, you know, as a bit, because I, I guess that's why he'd do it. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he will be. Maybe. His grandpa, John Misty. <laughs> Grandfather, John Misty. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of funny videos, have you, have you, did either of you check out the, or come across the, he's like being interviewed on a bench and then there's like a, some sort of, I don't want to say homeless, but uh, a lady who's in <laughs> seems like she's she's going through some shit. Like interrupts their interview. I, that sounds really familiar. Hold on, it's not a long uh, video. I'll I'll drop it in the in, in the chat here. Um, has it been removed? Oh no! <laughs> Did it ever happen? <laughs> this is embarrassing did i make it up i mean that's that's a really odd thing to make up (laughs) yeah even by our standards let me see father john i found it someone one of the denizens of uh, reddit was able to pull it up so let me Thank you, Reddit. I hope this is it. Um, it's four minutes long. Is that does that sound right? That sounds about right. Yeah. Nice. Hello, I'm Dan. Welcome to Chart Attack. Today, I'm sitting down with a gentleman named Jay Tillman. 
Is that how you like to go by Jay Tillman? I typically go by Josh. This guy's I'm never interviewed a person. <laughs> did I just not introduce you as John back there to everyone? I don't care, man. It's ultimately it's pretty arbitrary. Just look deeply into my eyes when we when we speak, and I am fine. <laughs> He's so funny. Oh. <laughs> Haircut treating you. Cops what? Treat me a little different, you know, when I get pulled over. That's nice. If you've got like a long hair and a beard, then it's like, you know, this guy definitely has weed in the van. And if you have short hair, it's a little more like, oh, this guy might run a hedge fund or something. So. Are you more likely to have weed in the van or run a hedge fund? Uh, more likely to have weed in the van. What's the best psychedelic <laughs> drug experience you've ever had? Um. Well, I had a really interesting one after I cut my hair off. You know, I definitely had a powerful reaction, uh, like in a in an altered state, to to seeing myself. I, I mean, I look kind of look like my dad or something, and uh, that one was really good. It's really informative. Oh. Hey, look, how are you? Oh, fuck, am I on TV? Yeah, you are. Great. Well done. Uh, you used to play with Fleet Foxes. Yeah. I just needed to say Truth. that. I just it's just for for tagging. Gotcha. I put the hashtag in now. Gotcha. Uh yeah, that's a fucked up question. No, that was Sorry, a, but you That do. was a fucked up question. That was a fucked up question. Yeah. It didn't even have a question mark. Why on can't it. you say, do you have a dildo like a in your locker? Right. It was like a statement. The people want to know. Yeah. Do you have a dildo in your locker? No. Oh no. good. I don't even have a locker. Just got a locker. That music video with uh, you being dominated mm -hmm. by the dominatrix, who was that woman? That's my, that's like the love of my life. Really? Yeah. Is that characteristic of your sex life? No, uh, it does absolutely represent um, a dynamic of conventional love that I was trying to explore in a non-conventional setting. And that was part of why I wanted to have her cut my hair off is because, you know, I love this person and wanted to like give them my vanity, you know, give up my vanity or something. Because I was convinced that once my hair came off, I was gonna reading look her like, face like a total goof or something. Like, um, and uh, it's that's actually a really conventional love story if you can get over the uh, the visceral affectations of it. Can we smoke drugs now? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have any? Yeah. You want, you want to, you want to smoke a joint? Can I smoke a doobie? Yeah. Fuck yeah. It's more interesting than this interview. What's your name, sweetheart? Kimberly. Hi. Hi, Joe, you suck. Fuck you, Joe. Fuck you, Joe. Look at her now. Look at her now. She's with me now. That's even right. Oh, my now God. Now get this back and later. <laughs> Hit that. Yep. Hit that. Hit that shit. Hold it in. Hold it in. Hold it in. This Hold guy, it in. Hold it in. Uh, let it out. People. Let it out. <laughs> yeah, right. baby. This interview That's sucks. Now. That's my wow, dude. For that that homeless lady saved this. the interview. <laughs> All right. Oh, yeah. It's been a pleasure. If right. you can't eat it, oh. you can't fuck it. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, what an ending. That's incredible. <laughs> I love Kimberly. Oh, what a legend. That's the love of my life. I mean, that's the only way to play things off when a, a homeless woman who looks like Mickey Rourke comes in and pops <laughs> you into me. I loved her in The Wrestler.
to the uh, the Rachel music score and the other what, what the other critics had to say as well. The so-called critics, quote unquote. Uh, yeah, when I checked it out, this had a three point forty four out of five from four thousand four hundred seventy two ratings, which is I'd say that's low, but uh, could be bumped up a bit. Yeah, yeah. but uh, yeah, I didn't. You know, I, I don't, I don't appreciate what the nerds over at Rate Your Music have to say at all. So, of course, I went to uh, Amazon.de. Although only one of these reviews is from actually Germany. Fatherland, <laughs> John Misty. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Germans actually seem to love it. Uh, Heide König gave it five out of five stars back in January 2016. Uh, and Heide König said, have fun with the record of the year 2012. I don't want to write more about it despite the Amazon's request because it's unnecessary, right? It's actually quite a measured review from a fucking German person for once. Yeah, I, we, can, we can all, you know, learn from that. Although who would have thought when we read a German review of Father John Misty instead of fucking uh, Scatman John, <laughs> it's actually a normal <laughs> review. <laughs> uh. True. And uh, well, I got a more... Uh, a less enthusiastic review from from Canada, uh, from Mr. J.D. Gumby, who uh, sounds suspiciously like Father John Misty, actually. Could be one of his burner accounts. Uh, back in 20... No, no, yeah, 2014, Mr. J.D. Gumby said, As J. Tillman, Josh Tillman made for decent listening. Nothing great, but not bad. All the parts were there, it seemed, for great music, but he seemed to lack a certain something. I don't know how to describe it, but whatever it was he lacked on those albums has certainly appeared for his debut as Father John Misty. Maybe it's all the mushrooms he claims to have taken. Which is like, it is strangely accusatory there at the end. Yeah. Uh, why hmm. would you doubt this man of all people hasn't taken mushrooms? <laughs> right, have you, have, you seen, have you googled Father John Misty? Yeah. Yeah. Like? This, this man lives in a van and has a beard. I'm not, I'm not sure this guy's ever taken mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. And then, of course, a much more lukewarm review from just south of the Canadian border in, in Portland. Well, yeah, yeah, that, that's based on their, their username, which is listener in Portland. I'm, I'm taking their word for it. We gave it three out of five stars uh, back in February 2013 and said, I have a sense of humor. I get it. And I've tried hard to like this album, but it feels so light, like it has a little heart. I understand that this is a kind of persona. The tongue is so firmly in cheek and the peacockery is so rich that the it, it feels some, somewhere closer to a Weird Al record than a sincere effort. Jean Lejoie, I told you guys. <laughs> <laughs> I'm caught between two and three stars. I'm going three because the music's often good and Father has a nice voice. When I'm when listening to it while doing something else, I like it more than when I pay attention to the lyrics and tone. Um, and my main takeaway from that is that, uh, you know, starting off by saying I have a sense of humor is just, that's protesting way too much. Yeah. Uh, All my friends say I'm funny. Yeah. I get yeah. alternative comedy. I, I've, I watch Adult Swim. <laughs> <laughs> I've even dabbled in improv myself. <laughs> also, the, the sentence, father has a nice voice is pretty funny to me. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Do you think people might think that we're an anti-Father John Misty podcast because of the name of the pod? Ooh. Oh, maybe. Shut the fuck up, Father. Mm -hmm. Silence Father is the Twitter handle. We, we yeah. need to plug the socials more as well. I, I feel like yeah. we haven't done that for years. Yeah. Oh, and finally, to rhyme this out, I got a really negative review from Cecily, who gave it one star out of five. 
in the United States in August 2016. And Cecily wrote, ew. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. I take it. The, they did not like it. It's concise. Yeah. I like that. Did you guys have, uh, did you find anything? I had a couple. Um, it's hard to pick ones that weren't just like, just middle of the road kind of, um, yeah, good album or yeah. So I found a couple. Uh, I found one one mid review and one five star. The mid review is is a pretty weak review. Um, it's mid that I'm not even going to read on reflection. No, not good. So I'll go with Mr. Crow from Your Music. Um, gave it five stars. Says the first time I listened to this album, I didn't know what was going on. This guy's singing about petroleum products in oil paintings and the ramifications of the death of a Hollywood player. What? And then I saw his performance on David Letterman and thought, what is he doing? Is this guy for real? Is he just making fun of everybody? Or is he really obnoxious? But then I realized I can't stop listening to the album. It's like the song Son of a Preacher Man took some LSD and this album is the trip. I guess this guy is for real. Five stars. So that was pretty pretty kind of i think that's how many of us have come to love father john misty um and yeah it is a five-star album only son of a preacher man what about zoomer john misty Ooh, it's bussin for real fun times in bussin babylon bussin in babylon (laughs) i'm writing a novel no cap Well, um, yeah, similarly, uh, I just did not bother with any of the Rate Your Music reviews. Um, they, they, they all looked boring as fuck. So uh, I went to YouTube. Um, yeah, this isn't, really a, uh, this isn't really a review of the album or anything to do with the album, so to speak. Um, actually, no, I think this was, uh, no, this was the YouTube, in the YouTube comment section for the Over Under. And I think really, you know, it captures... It, it, it captures the spirit of Father John Misty and any of his works better than any review ever could. Um, I think Josh himself famously said that if making music is pissing in the wind, then the human experience is pissing in the wind. And if those things are pissing in the wind, then YouTube comments are probably more akin to shitting on your own face. Um, so in the comment section four, the over-under, we have a non-descriptive presence. Four years ago, they wrote, one time I dreamt that they both came over to my house for dinner. I assume by both, because in the interview, it's both him and Emma. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so they both came over to my house for dinner and Josh dropped a bunch of my clothes into the toilet and then stepped on them so they'd get all squished and wet. When I freaked out and asked him why he would do that, he smugly replied that he just felt like it. And his GF seemed turned on by his bad boy attitude and demeanor. I yelled at them both to leave my, the house, to which they both waltzed out, making out and being full of each other. Ever since, I love Josh's music, but I don't trust him. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Lots to unpack there, but, you know. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'd trust him either. Mm, don't think I could. Yeah. <laughs> she's, she's with me, not he's still your yeah. girlfriend. <laughs> That's the second review, including Henry's, who doubts his uh, his psychedelic credentials. I was, I'd say a lot of things about Father John Misty, but untrustworthiness is not something that particularly comes across from the man. Well, I don't know, because a lot of his songs seem to be like, the subject is like, I'm a piece of shit and all men are awful. So I don't know. It all goes back to this meta-irony thing. Yeah, true. Yeah, how can you trust someone who's meta-ironic? 
Yeah. You never know what's going on. It's true. Sounds like Josh needs to come on the pod and defend himself. Mm. Yeah. It's an open invite. Hell yeah. Ladder match. Ooh. (laughs) (laughs) Who do you think would win in a in a four-way fight between us? Dude, Father John Misty would fuck us. (laughs) He certainly has a reach in that. Six foot something, isn't he? Yeah, I think he's like six three or something. The thing is, once you have the crowd, that's it, and he would yeah. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we would have our, our, our two supporters there. John Misty, is that a thing? It's <laughs> 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 great. Incredible. Are we moving on to, yeah, sure. uh, to the music videos? Who wants to take uh, Nancy from now on? I'm happy to do that. Um, right. So yeah, this video, um, I should mention that, yeah, when I was looking for music videos for this album, I thought there were only three. But I found five, so now I'm wondering how many there really are. I just kept. I five. could find four. I could find one for one that they said there was, but it wasn't, and then I got confused. Okay, well, we'll we'll we'll, we'll split the difference. That's well, so I've got, this. I've got, Nancy from now on, Fun Times in Babylon. I'm writing a novel, and Hollywood Forever Cemetery sings. So there's also one for this is Sally Hatchet, but it's not on YouTube. Yeah. Um, okay. and we'll, we'll we'll get into why. Um. Mm. Okay. But yeah, Nancy from now on, uh, directed by the man himself. It, very, very apt start to the music video. It starts with him on the floor, his head under a heeled boot. The camera pans. We see that it's his then girlfriend, now wife, Emma. And yeah, it's basically kind of this, uh, yeah, sort of this this relationship where he, he's dominated. And as part of that domination, his uh, dominator decides to, you know, kind of mold him in the, you know, as, as like human clay, like the, that really good album. So she cuts his hair, you know, makes him dress up and they go to a bar and then she she sees that, you know, by changing him, she's actually made him a much happier person. And, you know, he has fun with he has fun with all the other uh, patrons of the bar and she's kind of left on her own, just going like, damn, what have I done? Um, But, you know, she set him free. And, you know, if you love something and you you set it free and it'll come back. And I think that's what he does at the end. Um, I'm not mistaken. So, yeah. If you're not mistaken, they, if I'm uh, not mistaken, <laughs> they end up in bed once again. And I think you see a little bit of titty. Yeah, you do. Which I, I was, I was surprised nice. to see on YouTube. Mm. Always a, always a, a welcome surprise when you see. It. There's also a directing credit for Amy Cargill on Nancy from now. Oh, is there? Okay, nice. Amy Cargill's website is no longer up, and I don't think she even has an IMDb page. So, it could be anyone really. I, I do not know. But hey, Mish, yeah, why don't you uh, take us away with Hollywood Forever? Cemetery, Cemetery Sings. Sings. Uh, directed by um, Noel Paul. He's the he's the lesser known third Paul brother. Yeah, who does music videos. Uh, make sure to buy that merch. 
I would say probably the the best known of the Father John Misty music videos, and f- and for good reason because it is a banger of a song and a banger of a music video, albeit a bit kind of weird, um, up to interpretation at the end. But essentially, we have Aubrey Pies Plaza looking all moody and depressed, kind of giving off pick me vibes, you know, kind of a bit like pick me, pick me. Oh. <laughs> Uh, that's interesting yet. i got a full-scale emotional breakdown vibe. i just thought know. she's just trying i just thought she's trying to be the center of attention at a party that she probably wasn't even invited to and i was just like if that was my party and she smashed my tv i'd be like fuck out of here bitch I thought she was what you've done person. is cry the whole time and chew things and mess things up and i'm not having it <laughs> hey Vish, in real life you'd be so scared <laughs> <laughs> And we'd have to devise uh, a plan, like in the bathroom that we locked ourselves in. And then just leave my own house. What if we just wait? <laughs> but yeah, essentially, Aubrey Plaza's looking um looking fine, but she's she's not having she's not having a good day. She ends up at a house party, or maybe she was already at the house party. There's a party, and she she's not having any of it. She starts crying. She seems to chew on something that might be meat, might be fruit, and then kind of stick it around the place. And then eventually she throws some stuff on the floor, wrecks the joint, then leaves, wanders away, collapses, blood round the nose, drug use, not cool. <laughs> but then is picked up by Mr. Tillman and presumably taken to his rape van. Yeah, it's a really weird one because like, based on his body language, I couldn't tell if he was like, an abducting drifter or, I felt or, or an exasperated boyfriend. I f- yeah, it's easy to go either way, but I'm because of his Charlie Manson vibes. Yeah. I choose to believe it, it is an abduction. Well, the fact that he seems to be listening to his own music on the radio yeah. when he opens the car <laughs> yeah. door, yeah, maybe that kind of <laughs> that tells you everything. That is that is very Charles Manson. He would he would listen to his own. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, he was a good musician. Yeah. <laughs> Great guy. Uh- <laughs> Say what you will about the man. Do I remember correctly in this music video, she also kills and possibly vampirizes, vampiricizes someone? Yeah, yeah. I'm pretty sure she murders murders a lady in the woods while there's like mm. a red strobe light flashing. Um, I'll take... I'm writing a novel. Uh, there's a lot going on in this music video. There's... Uh, you've got Farmer John and, and Emma. Uh, they're hanging out at home. They're driving around in a hearse. They're performing and, and traipsing around and chilling with, a, with Black Santa on a cruise ship, uh, going to a beach. They're performing more gigs. It's, it's kind of a fun hang of music video, mm. much like the, the song itself. There's a, a kaleidoscopic effect to some of the shots that lends some, some trippiness to it. Um, yeah, it's uh, also directed by the, the third Paul brother, Noel, Noel or Noel Paul, uh, who... It's mostly the music video and shorts from what I can tell, but um, yeah, it doesn't really have anything else of, of note. Yeah, I saw that like he's he's worked with, I mean, Roy Sop are, are kind of cool, but Rag and Bone Man. Mm. Yeah, not so much. Nah, you'd expect nah. more from the third Paul brother. <laughs> yeah. Oh, he's done some black midi. Did you oh, say that's that? cool. <laughs> I'm black, black midi. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit, it's black midi. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, fun fact, um, I found that this video uh, was put out on uh, 9-11. What year, though? Uh, 2013. Uh, 
<laughs> that, that, would, that would be wild. <laughs> they went back in time to put out this music video yeah. on the actual 9-11. <laughs> he actually kind of looks like the guy, the man who travels back in time. Like, it's, like it's women true. would travel back in time and be like, I'm your great grandfather. <laughs> Father John Missy traveled back in time to warn people about 9-11, but no one yeah. believed him because no. he looks the way he does. Yeah. <laughs> hey, we should have listened to that weird looking guy. <laughs> <laughs> fucking weird looking guy. Hamish, do you want to take us through fun times in, in Babylon? Is that the one where it's... Yeah, so this is the one where it's kind of filmed... Is it Super 8, I imagine? It, it seems more like videotape, actually. Yeah. Like, okay. It's even shittier than Super 8. Um, and it's kind of just a collection of, of uh, Mr. Tillman wandering around a scrap heap, kind of contemplating various things, looking at bits of scrap metal... Uh, various close-ups of uh, an exploded fuselage. Actually, no. Is it? Is it a plane? I, I, crash or is, I think it's a plane it's, uh, yeah. yeah. It, it yeah. seems like a jetliner has crashed yeah. in the urban street. The impression I got was he survived a, a plane crash into what appears to be the town from Gummo, which honestly had enough issues as it was. Yeah, yeah it but it, it's basically just him looking melancholy, running around, <laughs> uh, mm. an, an exploded jetliner. Um, at one point, he does a dance on the wing of the exploded jetliner because um, he he is glad that everyone in that crash is dead. Uh, is the only explanation. Um, but as you just said, Henry, they had it coming. Um, I, have, I have to imagine they're all his victims from his van. They're yeah. every director that isn't James Cameron <laughs> <laughs> and Grant James, who uh, yes, of course, of course, yeah. This music video with with Josh Tillman. But then a, a tourist bus rolls through, so it's like, is, is oh, yeah, this real? Oh, yeah. Of course, yeah. yeah. Could be a music video, or they could just be, you know, on a set doing something, yeah. doing some shit. Who knows? So, so Nick, did you you found the Sally Hatchet music video? Yeah, um, I found it through Vimeo. Understandably, it's it's not well. It, it's weird because it, it's not on YouTube. I can kind of see why because. I mean, let's be completely honest. Uh, YouTube is not governed fully by logic and reason, but that's another debate for uh, for for another podcast. This is what they want. Exactly. This is what they want. You, what YouTube is, what is, is going a, on? YouTube um, is not a Judeo-Christian platform. These aren't even videos. <laughs> my my dad is a video expert, and <laughs> a video has to be in a cassette, and you have to put it in a cassette player, and then you put it on after Toy Story, and then everyone has a good time. <laughs> um so yeah uh uh fuck let me find my notes yeah so this is sally hatchet found it on vimeo um i guess it's not on youtube because i mean it's kind of violent but i mean it's 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 not really any more violent i would say than you know some other music videos maybe only marginally more violent than um uh englefield green cemetery forever uh sings Mm. uh (laughs) uh, (laughs) but um yeah uh so this was also directed by Grant James. Um, this got, kind of got like a, a Robert Rodriguez vibe going on. So um, basically what happens is you see this kind of, you know, this, this, this femme fatale kind of character walking like down a, a sort of um, a, kind of a commercial strip, maybe like, you know, downtown LA sort of thing. And she walks into a pizza shop. Father John Misty seems to be a kind of a, an underling there. The manager of the pizza shop is John Ennis, who you will recognize if you're a fan of Mr. Show. Father John Misty, while making a pizza, has somehow found a way to cut off several of his fingers with a pizza cutter. So yeah, the, the woman walks in 
she kind of looks so, sort of very uh, uh, blasé. She's like, oh, this guy's cut off his fingers. She ashes her cigarette in his pizza and then goes in the back of the pizza shop where her and a bunch of other femme fatales have a shooting practice with some pretty pretty big pistols. And then Father John, you know, he's, he's gotten all bandaged up and he, he joins them and hangs out. That's kind of it. Yeah, kind of some, yeah, like I said, Robert Rodriguez kind of vibes here. Um, but yeah, how the fuck do you cut off your fingers with a pizza cutter? It's like, you must have, you must have really been going in on that pizza. Yeah. Mm. It was one of those thick crust ones. I mean, I've, yeah. nev- I've never even had to sharpen a pizza cutter. It's always been remarkably <laughs> the way of the samurai. <laughs> and I'm making a pizza. Because <laughs> it's never been <laughs> Father John Misty thinks he invented pizza. <laughs> Here's an idea. How about Father John Mystic Pizza? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> that that covers the music video. Did anyone have any live performances, or we do do or do we move on to uh, the the album cover? I don't know why I'm talking like this. Uh, I watched them do a cover of Arcade's Fire the Suburbs uh, to a group of 25 people because I like that song and I wanted to hear him cover it. And it was a very good cover and I recommend it. Hell yeah. Nice. When I heard the ladies' man was dead I saw the Rolling Stones stop me Saw my ancient hero on the sunset strip. He left behind a legacy. Um, all right, on to the album cover. Also, a lot going on over here. There's a oh, yeah, an illustration featuring uh, some sort of big religious looking figure with turquoise hair and at least four eyes. Nerd, uh, in- including one on his forehead and another on his palm, uh, with a little demon on his shoulder and a snake wrapped around his arm, and uh, surrounded by all sorts of people and creatures. Uh, there's a few rabbits, there's a dog, uh, a king, uh, what looks like an albino gingerbread man. Anything else, you guys? There's a lot of eyes, mm, I mean, it, yeah, yes, yeah. <laughs> for a yellow submarine ripoff, it's a pretty good one, though. The worst Beatles song. No, I'm just kidding. There's a lot of bad Beatles songs. It's quite interesting uh, as an album cover in retrospect because I I feel around the turn of the decade with a lot of like the kind of neo-psychedelia influences that were creeping into various forms of music, whether aesthetically or sonically or both. So, I mean, maybe at the time it would have been a bit lost in the mix for me. Yeah. I also think as well, you guys... uh... You know, there's the incel thing to comment women and then the coffee emoji. Uh, I think, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's funny that old Father John has so many kind of I don't like women songs and there's the coffee emoji right at the bottom. There you go. Mm. The head of the time. Who, di- who did the album cover? I assume it was uh, old uh, Tillman himself. The the artwork is by Dimitri Dur. Junchen? Dryuchen? Dr. Yuchen? Yeah, Dr. Yuchen. Yunchen. I think it's like a rolling R into an I. I don't know. Our apologies to Dimitri for butchering his last name. Thank you for your service because he is also a doctor. That's true. Dr. Yunchen. Dr. Thank you for your service. 
Oh, like they... I, I, whenever I see a doctor, I just salute. <laughs> uh. He does a lot of the same type of thing. Then I've just googled him. That is a. Uh, it's very much his um, vibe. But yeah, mystery question. Do do we have any mystery questions or categories? I just thought of like reinvention. That's kind of the theme of this episode. So uh, if you guys have any great stories of reinvention, personal reinvention. I mean, Hamish, you used to be emo. At what point did that go away? What type? When did it go away? I suppose. Um, it, it's kind of a natural progression out of things, you know. Was it like a dramatic cutting of the fringe? No, it's just got a kind of steadily... It, it's kind of inverse to how much women enjoyed that look. You kind of go in and out. There wasn't a dramatic... I mean, also, I, I then lost my hair, so I feel like it just slowly... It was a natural kind of... My body did it for me. <laughs> <laughs> it was your body's, body's response. My, my body's rejection. In terms of reinvention... I don't know. I, I buy some new clothes every now and then. Buying clothes. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. I'm basically becoming a butterfly. Mm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think, like, in general, like, post-undergrad uni, I kind of reinvented myself because I was definitely, like, in some sort of depression. Yeah. So, yeah. I would say, yeah, you, you seem like you're in a much better place now. Yeah. Hell yeah. It's all about the positive vibes here. Exactly. Yeah, I can never relate when people were like, oh, yeah, uni was the best time of my life. I'm like, yeah, I was, yeah, I was fucking miserable. I was just, I just had low level to mid level depression for three yeah. to four years. What if this is as good as it gets? <laughs> Fortunately, I was only there for three years. You did a, a sort of master's mm. your fourth year. Yeah. <laughs> it's a different kind of education. <laughs> I think you watched The Sopranos like a few times that year. Yeah, I might have actually. <laughs> I that definitely watched it at least once. And then I watched it again during the summer. <laughs> uh, I drank a lot. I got quite good at drinking alcohol at uni. Fuck yeah, dude. That rules. That rules. Yeah, it's fucking sick. <laughs> alcohol is tight. Alcohol is yeah. tight. <laughs> no cap. I guess my biggest reinvention was when I stopped being like a, a weird history nerd and became a skateboarder. That was a pretty pretty hard 180. How Ooh, old 180. were you during this re <laughs> reinvention? Uh, I just started eighth grade, so I was. Uh, when you say history nerd, was this like when you were collecting Nazi memorabilia? Yeah. Or... yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. I remember yeah. you used to know everything about guns. Oh yeah, true. Which is kind of when you're a kid, that is very cool. Henry, <laughs> were you were you really close to becoming like a full on like Ben Shapiro <laughs> extremist? No, no. The uh, I straight up did not have any uh, like um, ideological. <laughs> <laughs> I just the, the I just SS. like the colors. Yeah, it was just a cool historical poster that I put. It was purely for aesthetic reasons that I mm. put it up right. in my room, and then my mom was like, <laughs> "It's not like the O.J. Simpson detective guy." <laughs> no, no, yeah, and yeah, yeah. I used to know a lot about guns, and I I think I got out of that at the perfect age because I I stopped knowing everything about guns at like twelve. I think if you're older than that, you know everything about guns. That then it becomes really concerning. Like I'm yeah. going to school every day, and I just, I'm obsessed with guns. <laughs> I used to I used to take the gun magazines into the bathroom. There's a lot of women in the ads, and <laughs> when you're 12. What was your favorite gun? Uh, I've always been sort of partial to the M14. I feel like it's underrated. That's a good gun. Yeah, I like really like small pistols that you can just like pull out of your sock and be like. <laughs> 
stop it for, for yeah, yeah. I, I was always a fan like a, of like um, a hooker gun yeah like a hooker gun uh, <laughs> for, for killing little protestants you remember <laughs> golden eye oh yeah 64 the, the incredibly fast machine gun the rcp 90 the thing you just press it and it's fucking every bullet in the world comes out that fucker that gun was sick Oh, It'd be yeah. so funny if, like, talking to a gun expert, it's like, what's your favorite gun? He's like, I really like the rail gun from Quake 3 Arena. <laughs> BFG. We're a gun podcast now. Yeah. This is us reinventing <laughs> ourselves. <laughs> yeah, and then I became a skateboarder, and I'm still that guy. I'm still, I'm just on a, on a lifelong hiatus from actually riding the board. Oh, pour me another drink And punch me in the face You can call me Nancy Every man wears a symbol And I know I have mine I've got my right hand stamped in the concentration camp where my organ screams slow down man how does this album hold up with time uh i think we should address the obvious drowning neil young on a beach is really fucked up kind of funny though yeah yeah Yeah. What, what do you think neil young would say um, um, young man, <laughs> stop taking my life. <laughs> I mean, it definitely stands out um, among the the kind of just an oversaturated genre, so that definitely helps it. Yeah, and even in his discography, it's it's a lot more scattered and it's a lot more you know, there's different sounds, which can be a, a you know a good or bad thing depending on what you're into. Like, mm-hmm. the other works are a lot more refined. There's, like, a core concept to all of them. But, uh, yeah, they, they you could argue that those, those kind of get bogged down a lot of the time in that sort of central central concept. I, I, my favorite songs on all of his other albums, and we're getting into another category here, but I'll continue anyway, are the ones that sound most like this album, mm-hmm. of which there's always one or two. Um, yeah. And I, then I just always get like, what was the album where he went particularly kind of um, Elton John kind of impression for the vast majority of the album? I think it was God's Favorite Customer. Yeah, I would say that. Um, but there are a couple of tracks on that that are really like, um, Mr. Tillman sounds like it could have been off this album, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, I imagine off uh, I Love You, Honey Bear, you, your favorite is the night Josh Tillman came to our apartment. Correct. Yeah. And put That's all our really clothes really. in the toilet and squish them <laughs> so they became very wet. <laughs> I think like many people will probably agree that being a, a creative mind with like such a distinct style and persona is, is something of a tightrope act as far as I guess like true brilliance is concerned because it's obviously very easy to fall into immediate or eventual self-parody. And you know, there are some artists who lean into this intentionally and some artists who um, who perhaps lose or altogether just lack the self-awareness to be able to tell that they're kind of a meme. But, you know, Father John Misty, he's uh, he's nothing if not uh, self-aware. In fact, most of his songs seem to be acknowledgements to this very fact. Um, but yeah, I, I guess otherwise, like the thing with folk music uh, or music that's 
in some way inspired by folk or folk rock. It, the bar for it is obviously incredibly high. Like it's a standard set by like Bob Dylan, Simon and Garfunkel, Joni Mitchell, Nick Drake. Will Oldham, I guess, is like a very good kind of example. Yeah. Beck is up there. That's true. Towns Van Zandt, yeah. friend of the show. Regina Although, Spector. Um, I'd, I'd argue that his his skew's a little further away from that. Like he he's go he goes more in the direction of like a Harry Nilsson or like a, yeah. like a Glenn Campbell almost. Yeah. But yeah, but the thing is like with that kind of genre, like the bar for it is incredibly high. Uh, the problem is that unfortunately there is a lot of just bullshit as with all genres, but I feel like this is especially true with like newer folk. Um, so like, yeah, the fact that the default go-to option for an example of shitty music is often Mumford and Sons. Um, and a lot of it is, can kind of just be nonsense that's trying way too hard to be authentic or pretentious because they found the one fucking guy in town who can play the Gaelic saxophone or Chinese banjo or whatever. Gaelic but, you know, this guy, this definitely falls into the former for me. This guy's more up there with kind of, you know, singer-songwriters, very respectable, definitely not derivative. I agree. Nice. It's always the best podcasting. Is whenever yeah, <laughs> it's always great when everyone agrees. <laughs> An astute point. So how do we fix this album? Does beat fixing? Um, do more shrooms. Maybe get even weirder with it. Yeah. yeah. Do more of this type of album. Um, maybe do a rap? I don't know. If I was being really critical, there are some songs in the second half of the album that are a bit kind of samey. But that's cool. just, it's the genre, you know, like it, it's, they're, they're still good songs. Uh, it's just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a good if, length. If you really have to suggest something to fix this, there's maybe two songs that you can, you can yeah. do it out, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, I'm curious. Um, um, this isn't really a fix, uh, but, you know, something that Father John could do to spice up his catalog a little bit, uh, he could collaborate with Drake. And they could call it Drake and Josh. Ah. <laughs> Hell yeah. I like that. That's a good fix. I like that. Um, what about the funniest credit? Are there any? It's got to be Chief Kiefus. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> Kiefus Green. <laughs> Kiefus Green. What a name. a name. Yeah, absolutely. He's got, he's got a hell of a hell of a credits, this guy. True Detective season one and two did the music for. That's one hell of a credit. That's one hell of a credit and Spider-Man 2. Spider-Man? Killing the, Eve. Uh, Very nice. The most sensitive of the Spider-Man. In many ways, yes. <laughs> no, that's Spider-Man 3. <laughs> Spider-Man, bring me pictures of James Cameron's dick. <laughs> I wonder what Peter Parker's doing in that like relationship. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, I didn't even realize. <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man. Spider-Man, bring me Peter Parker's of James Cameron's... Bring me James Cameron's Peter Parker? I don't know. <laughs> bring me pictures of James Cameron's Peter Parker. <laughs> Peter Parker sounds like a penis. It's the, P, it's the P's in Peter Parker. It's the PP. His, his initials are PP. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, tell me, what is the worst song on this album, on Fear Fun? I don't think there's anything I'd call categorically bad, but if it's me, I think Misty's Nightmares Part 1 and 2 are, it's a bit weak compared to some of the other stuff. Yes. But it's so hard, because like nothing yeah. here is like, ugh, I, I don't want to listen to this. 100% agree. Keeping on the numbers motif, 
TP's one to twelve as well is is not a bad song. Yeah, although yeah. I, I'd, I'd say that's more of like a it's almost like an experiment in sound. Yeah, rather than an actual actual song. That's, that's what yeah. he would say as well. So you're yeah. on to something. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> deliberate. Josh, Josh, if you're listening, I, I get you. We could be friends. <laughs> We should be together too. <laughs> Look at her now. She's with me. He's with me My now. My tea's gone cold. I'm wondering why. <laughs> Josh still been writing me an email. I, just, I think it's fucked up. You don't answer fast. <laughs> hey, Henry. Um, this reminds me of a really funny book that I read, uh, and I'm going to read it out to you. <laughs> it's like a five hour song. <laughs> Oh, that'd be my my fucking dream come true. Yeah, yeah. and uh, I know at least one of you likes this song, but I gotta say, I'm not a huge fan of Hollywood Forever Cemetery Sings. I don't know what, what about it. I just what never quite sat right with me. You fucking crazy boy! I can't even put my finger on it. Yeah, for That's once, absolute... I'm the one who's wrong certifiable banger how does it feel <laughs> yeah finally it's not me <laughs> oh wow i don't think it's bad it's mm. just I, it's not something i i go to listen to i listen to a lot of songs from this album quite a bit do you uh, skip it you, no way you're not skipping it surely no i i wouldn't go out of my way to skip it but uh, okay. it's not something that i would i would choose out of <laughs> you just find it in the playlist <laughs> yeah, and you skip it, it. <laughs> <laughs> oh that's um that is my hot take for the day mm. damn you leave that back in its cupboard please <laughs> no thank you keep your stupid comment in your pocket <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Wait, well, henry what did you say where a song for you was uh i had missy's nightmare ah, one too okay. actually it's just something not a bad song i just get sort of nothing from it the lyrics are yeah, funny i, I just don't care for like the music yeah mm. yeah yeah that and it's a little bit similar to, to Sally Hatchet is that mm. like I don't think it's a bad song. It's just not for me. It's mm. you know, I don't I don't get a lot of enjoyment out of it. That's interesting because you've listened that so you're not a fan of Cemetery Sings and this is Sally Hatchet, which without preempting the next category are my two favorites on the album. Ah, okay. Well that's a good segue. Yeah. <laughs> well then yeah, so I obviously I think Hollywood Forever Cemetery Sings is I think it's his best song um he he went away from this kind of slightly more rocky kind of catchy approach in later albums although occasionally he would always have one track that sounds like this on every album which is why i always try and check them out um and i think it's the obvious choice so if i was going to have secondary choice it is this is sally hatchet and for me because i think it's it's really kind of one of the few kind of songs where people are trying to do a beatles thing and it doesn't come across as hokey to me like i think it does it really quite well uh, i like the variety of the song and lyrics are pretty damn good and yeah it, it's it's got a kind of beatles vibe without without being shit mm, i i also quite like hollywood forever cemetery sings uh it, it's i mean you know it's a fucking weird song like what you're doing over there father john it's weird <laughs> but you know i i like the reason i like i, I like it so much is because i feel like a lot of the songs on this album and i guess kind of in his wider catalog as well are kind of you know pensive comedic musings that are delivered over more or less relaxing music so i think this song is is quite is quite good because it gives the album sort of like an injection of energy and it's a bit more anthemic i would say than a lot of these 
Like, it is a bit dirgy, and I can imagine for a backing band, like this is such a mind-numbing song to play. Hmm. Um, yeah. I also had fun times in Babylon because I, I like the idea of a, a wholesome-sounding song about a, a, a statement of intent to commit acts of debauchery. Yeah, it's yeah. a really good mood setter for the rest exactly. Of the yeah, great book. Yeah, the bookend. Like that's one thing I will also give Father John. He knows how to begin and end an album. Like mm-hmm. he 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 does pick the tracklist really well. Yeah. Although I, I think what you said about Hollywood Forever Cemetery sings is exactly that that pinpointed exactly what I don't like about it. I think mm. the, the dirginess of it is what turns me on ultimate turns me off ultimately. But uh, yeah, my personal pick for best song. I really love I'm writing a novel. That is um, a good song, yeah. It's it's so fun. It's uh it's clever. It's got an upbeat sort of country rock vibe. That and I think another sort of earworm on this that kind of sneaks up on you is Only Son of the Ladies Man. Yeah. I find myself singing along to that a lot of the time. He's a Dodgers fan. Yeah, um, I quite like the bit in uh, I'm writing a novel where like the, the dog becomes a monkey. Like that's quite a funny little like subtle joke. Yeah, I love when my depression becomes a monkey. Mm. And also, yeah, he's it's funny to picture him drowning Neil Young on a beach. Uh, instead of don't don't let it bring you down, it's don't let Father John Misty make me drown. <laughs> <laughs> Keep on drowning me on the beach. Keep on breathing underwater. <laughs> Yes. Uh, Every Man Needs a Companion. Also, I want to shout out. Yeah. Some good uh, earnest introspection. Very quotable to boot. Shout out to Without Me as well, which kind I don't know. Maybe I'm reading too much into this, but possible possible send for uh, the old Fleet Foxes. The, the Fleet, Fleet Fuck Boys. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a certain part of it I forget what it is specifically, though. That reminds me of um, when uh, Dale Dobeck goes, if you want to get down on these hairy balls. You can do it without me. <laughs> <laughs> it's a crotch party right up in here. I don't <laughs> Why you... don't you click on this, Father John? I ran down the road, pants down to my knees. Screaming, please come help me. That Canadian shaman gave a little too much to me, and I'm writing a novel. Because it's never been done before. First house that I saw, I wrote house up on the door. And told the people who live there they had to get out, because my reality is realer than yours, and there's no time in the and there's a black dog on the bed so how does this rank in uh, farmer john's discography or the the greater music genre style for the, for the smart father john misty fan this is number one if you if you're a if you're a true believer, Hamish is—he's uh, right back to being wrong again. <laughs> it's been running... it's been downhill ever since this <laughs> album came out, Mr. John Misty. Uh, Hamish, you just had to wait ten minutes, and <laughs> you would have been the right. To make guy. one episode without being wrong. <laughs> Are you Honey Bear fans then over this? 
I would personally rank this second, just below I Love You Honey Bear. Like, cause although this album is a great kind of, you know, look into the mind and life of, uh, of FJM, I feel, and this is gonna feel like super lame to say, but I feel like I Love You Honey Bear had like, has this malaise to it that was, despite being incredibly personal to Father John Misty, at the same time felt a bit more universal and relatable at least if you're a young male idiot such as myself so you know you might be right this is the thinking man's favorite father john misty record um but i, I think as well like i i appreciate the adventurousness of um i love you honey bear as well and i think like a lot of the ideas he explores here he kind of takes them a bit of a step further in i love you honey bear but without reinventing the wheel and also like bored in the USA, like I don't think he'll ever write a better line than save me president Jesus. Like, <laughs> I don't see it happening. I, I, I love Honey Bear. I just feel like it, it it doesn't, it's not as inherently listenable as this album to me. I, I No, but that also like, that's also another interesting point. Like, um, ha like revisiting this album, I think also the reason I, I probably enjoyed it more was listening to it intently because if you have it on it's like background mm -hmm. stuff like yeah. you miss so much <laughs> because the guy is like he's going like a mile a minute like with what he's saying that's true so i think maybe you know like sometimes when he tries to you know do something a bit less listenable it works i would say in the with his newest album i i honestly can't remember anything from it or tell you anything of interest i i, I think it kind of fell a bit flat for me but maybe yeah. i don't know maybe you guys listen to it maybe you it guys have me it took me a couple of listens to grow it's a grower i guess yeah. Yeah. yeah 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 i i mean i i did like god's favorite customer i just thought there were some bits of the album i just found very boring but i, I think the highs on that album are mm. pretty damn good mm. But uh, yeah, it's funny you should mention the malaise. I, I would describe it as sort of a general malaise that only the, the genius possess mm. and the insane lament. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like when we don't uh, fully line up with our choices. Uh, and this is possibly a hot take, but I think this is his third best album. Oh, damn, girl. And, uh, and you strike me as a, and I think we might have even had a drunken conversation about this, but you strike me as more of a pure comedy kind of guy. <laughs> yes, oh, you no. are correct. Hell you are yeah. correct. Um, I think the the highs on Honey Bear are the best stuff he's he's ever done. That's uh, that's as good as it gets so far for far Farmer John. But what I what I appreciate about it, about pure comedy is that uh, I I totally get why it's not everyone's cup of tea. But for for me it works, and I think it's like the subject matter is such a tough thing to, to tackle without being completely insufferable. The, the fact that he, he pulls it off for me, it's like a, like a, like a miracle. So I think that's kind of, um, yeah, it, it, it puts, puts it just above Honey Bear for me. I also like how, due to the title, he knew that if anyone said it was shit, he could just say it was all just a joke anyway. <laughs> it's a joke, bro. It's comedy. Yeah, it's fucking comedy, dude. You took this album seriously? Yeah, you fucking you idiot. idiot. Yeah. You idiot. You stupid bitch. Yeah. But, you know, I, I, I do understand why someone would not want to sit through a 13-minute diatribe about leaving LA. But I, I, I eat that shit up like meatloaf. Hmm. I, I think we've, we've covered it all. We've got our shit covered with this, uh, with this episode. We, we we have no fear, but we had fun. That's very good point. Yeah. Um, <laughs> maybe we should plug the socials as well. Uh, yeah. They are uh, 
Silence Father, please, I believe. I believe that's the Twitter, and then the Instagram is Silence Father. You know, either way, just look look those up. I think it's all one word. Um, leave some positive reviews on on uh, Apple Music, so we could on Apple Podcasts, so we could yeah. jack those numbers up a bit. Start uh, start commenting on our shit because I'd like yeah. to respond at some point. If you know, I'd like, even if you hate I'd it, I'd like a comment that's not promoted on whatever page. Hmm. Yes, yeah, exactly. Those all those yeah, SoundCloud is ugh, trash. Uh, and I would say as well, if 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 you have any feedback, um, just keep it to yourself. Hmm. <laughs> no, lay it on us. No. Do we do we have an email address that people can ask questions? <laughs> oh, God, uh, That'd be great. Well, there's uh, silas.father.please. Uh, I think that's what it is. Uh, please, please do. Yeah, fuck it. Why not? I'll, I'll, I'll plug it all in. It. Co- look at the comment below. In fact, I don't know why I'm putting it. No one's going to see. Below. Uh, yeah, below the, the the thing. Yeah, just, you know. Yeah, you know, thing. Yeah, well, I guess we'll, we'll be back with a music video of some sort. Yeah, next week, I oh, think. Yeah. Maybe. Potentially. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? If all goes well. Exactly. Don't count on it. (laughs) Don't hold your breath. (laughs) But yeah, thanks. This has been another episode of Shut the Fuck Up Dad. Um, Good night and good luck and job left. (laughs) And Godspeed, too. Yeah. All that stuff.